1: Canceler, okay, oh it's brilliant from Mo Salah and still Salah, oh sensational Son
0: Hanegal and still the beauty. oh what a strike from Yuri Tielemans
1: De Bruyne Gentlemen, boys, and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best predictions podcast in the world. A tad predictable, with your host Riwat Chanakira and his guest, it's Guy Drinker. It's game week twenty-one, and you know what that means? It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. Well technically it's a continuation of game week 21 because we all know game week 21 started last week friday um it's continuing into this weekend it's quite a long game week i I sympathize with fpl managers trying to navigate this two-week game week but i am joined this week by executive producer guy drinkle because we've been on a bit of a hiatus. Uh, We on the podcast like to give our team, the staff, a bit of a break during the festive season, Um, not bother Guy too much, Um, although we'll we'll bother him when it comes to wrestling and that kind of stuff, but not too much on the football side of things. But, Guy, welcome back to the show and welcome to 2024. Yeah, it's still the same, isn't it? (laughs) Still,
0: Still really cold and annoying. Wish everyone else would left me
1: alone. <laughs> really, really beer. cold. Yeah. Really, just, really cold.
0: Got my first snow of the year today. Oh, great. muzzle. Yeah. Yeah. And they never... you know how it's annoying? Because I live right by the sea. It doesn't layer properly. So
1: that's, you can't even... You, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: you don't even get the magicalness of snow. You just get slush.
1: And oh, fat. that's the worst. That's yeah. the worst kind. Of. Either don't snow or go full yeah. snow. That, exactly. Like, that's what I think. Exactly. But, Guy, we are back, obviously, to sort of get the second half of the Premier League season underway. We know at the beginning of the season, yourself and I did some reckless predictions. We call them reckless predictions because it's before the transfer window closes when we make those predictions, and we all know how much things can change um during a transfer window. i th- I think it's quite self evident in one of my picks. That I made, Uh, but we will get into those reckless predictions we made at the beginning of the season. We'll review them, assess them, see where we stand. We obviously made um, two sets of predictions, some for before uh, by game week 16, um, and then some by end of the season. So we'll see how those go, but let's jump into the fixtures for this coming weekend. We've got Arsenal versus Crystal Palace in our opening game of the weekend. Um, it's on Saturday, 12.30 kickoff. I'm surprised Liverpool aren't playing at on 12.30, or is that because it's not an international break?
0: I think we only have one left, and they've put us in for the next international break. <laughs> You're joking. It genuinely might be, it might be the reason, but yeah.
1: <laughs> that is incredible. All right, so Arsenal, Crystal Palace, London derby, Arsenal haven't been in the greatest form of late. We we we've all seen their issues that they've had. I'd like to say pretty much all season in front of goal. Um, obviously, the, the 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 glaring thing is that they've they've had injuries um, to some of their players up front, and maybe that has disrupted things a little bit. But is this a come right game for their attack playing at home against the Crystal Palace side who? They've been Crystal Palace, can I say. Uh, middle of the table, not in danger of relegation at the moment, I don't think. But also not going to ruffle any fed- feathers sort of for European spots.
0: Oh, God. Could you imagine Roy Hodgson in you? Well,
1: well, he's done he it. Didn't either, he he's didn't nearly
0: win it. it, to be fair to him. <laughs> It's would say modern day Roy Hudson in Europe. I just don't think it would work, would it? I mean, that Fulham run was obviously magical all them years ago. And did he have us in Europe? Did he have Liverpool in Europe? Oh, that's 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 cut from my memory. That bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did because I'm pretty sure Kenny had a year in Europe. I don't. I don't care. That was an awful time. Um, but yeah, not anymore. Not anymore for Roy. Um, yeah, Arsenal are the favourites. Out now. I don't. I don't think form. Should matter too much in this because Crystal Palace just have so many key injuries, and I think Elisa has just been added to that list of injuries as well. And it, they have bright spots in the team. I don't think the results quite show that, but when Elisa and Eze are cooking together, it it it, it is a really nice sight. I don't think it matters who the manager is all all too much. It obviously help having a a more exciting manager, but they do just perform. Exciting football. Um, but when it's just one of them, and we've seen Eze on his own at times, he can perform really well. But like even the backups, like AUs and Af- AFCON, um, so it'll probably be what? Schlup on the left. Uh, maybe they'll use that young Brazilian kid that Roy probably doesn't know exists. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then up front, Eduard Mateta. Mateta. I think, yeah, they, I'm get, they're both French, aren't they? I don't think any of them are off um, So, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be the prettiest looking side in terms of Crystal Palace. But as you mentioned, the Arsenal do have struggles in front of goal. And you're watching them recently and it's like, Saka doesn't look the same. Martinelli doesn't look anywhere near the same as last season. Jesus is injured once... Injured for four weeks, then he's back for one. It, it's a very strange setup there, and none of it seems to be quite coherent up there. Like, you've got Gabby Jesus, and then his backup is either Eddie Enketia or Kai Havertz. Like, it's not really much planning there, considering you bought Kai Havertz for a bajillion pound, and you give Enketia two years ago, and you deal, like, oh, I think it was like 100 grand a year or something like that. Yeah. Not a year because I'd be I'd <laughs> be, be stealing a level football. Hundred grand a week, I think it was, or something like that. But none of that fits. None of it fits together. It's very, it's very strange. Um, I just like beyond the first team. There's good players there, but it just it's not how it should work. Like you look at City, you bring out one player, you put in a similar player. You look at Liver, Liverpool. Yeah, some positions. Um, but it's it's very strange. Um, but that forward line, like, I'm not sure what's happened. I mean, what what do you reckon? Do you reckon it's tactical or just sheer fatigue? Because Martinelli and Asaka very much, especially, just does not not play. Because even when he was like, I mean, I remember doing these shows earlier on in the season when it was Champions League. Oh, saka has got a knock. Then you see him rocking up in the middle of the week against lens or severe in the Champions League like let him rest <laughs> <laughs> he needs he needs a week off mate. it's just, what what do you reckon it is I I think he's playing
1: injured personally uh, this season and they just basically don't have time to they, they can't find a window for him to sort of either rest it rehab it and or if surgery is required have the surgery he's just too important to them it seems like um in terms of the firepower i think it's tactical from um stylistically this season they haven't looked like they've gone gun ho like they did to start last season and part of me thinks it's because last season they sort of ran out of steam and they're worried it was going to happen again and obviously this season they've got european football as well to worry about I, it just feels like They're trying to manage, game manage the season, Um, try and maybe keep games to a lower score. You know, obviously the aim of the game is to try and win and score as many goals as you can. But we saw it from a Liverpool side not too long ago as well, where it was this heavy metal football from Klopp and they sort of had to rein it into control games to keep legs fresh for the rest of the season. If you don't need to get out of third gear to win the game, don't do it because we know what City are going to do at that back end of the season, and if you if if you've got nothing left in the tank, you're not going to be able to keep up with them. So I I think there's a part of Arteta that's stylistically changed the team to suit that, to try and be more controlled, um, and that means that they've suffered from from an attacking standpoint in terms of obviously the firepower that we saw from them last season.
0: Yeah, and it's it just. Because if you give Saka a rest, I know he's injured at the minute, but you could have put Fabio Vieira there, Trossard. Uh, Free Emmett
1: Smith-Rowe. Free yeah. Emmett Smith-Rowe.
0: Like, I'm not sure if you've seen it. When we played them in the FA Cup, I think it was, I can't remember his first name. It's that Humphrey's lad. I think he moved to Chelsea. And I think his brother put something on Instagram like, this is why my brother moved to Chelsea. Or one of them, <laughs> it was. like, but, like I know it was Liverpool. It was a big game, but to Not even bring any youngsters on, and and as you said, it's not even a youngster. Smith Rowe must be what 21 22 now. He should be an established part of the team. I know he's had lots of injury problems, but like playing Reese, uh, Reese, what the hell's his name? Reese Nelson, Christ, forgot his second name. Um, probably not a good good point. Um, but Reese Nelson, like. Again, I think he got a massive contract in the summer, like, 100, talking hundred grand a week or something like that. Um, like playing him seems to just like it, it's like bottom of the barrel. He's playing someone on a hundred grand a week. Like how the hell did they come to that? How does he come to that? Like, and you look at City, City's squad now, and that's who everyone will be compared to. They're playing like they. Maybe it's more out of necessity because of injuries and and losing players in the summer, etc. But they get to give players like Oscar Bob a chance and I know City have the best academy in the country now but Arsenal should be with Chelsea the team that hoovers up most of the young exciting talent in London like there must be players in the in the Arsenal Academy that could probably make maybe Oscar Bob might be a bit more advanced because I know he's like a full Norwegian international but using him using him as an example like League Cup games FA Cup games I know it's against Liverpool and whoever knocked him out the League Cup but give them a go. Like, Liverpool, for example, I w- we watched Connor Bradley and a few of them in the Europa League earlier on in the season. And when he got subbed on against Arsenal, I bet 90% of fans, that might be too much, but a lot of fans probably went, uh, no, not against Martinelli, who's just come on. Um, and he was fantastic. And now we go into the games uh, against Fulham in the League Cup, et cetera, and... We started Conor Bradley, and I'd start him, I'd be fine with, well, he has to bloody he started because Trent's injured. Uh, he'd start him against uh, Bournemouth, which we'll come on to in a few games' time. But that, that's how it is. Like cam- Cameos can make careers. They just can. Um, but you need to give them that cameo. It, it just seems very strange, but um, Arsenal's attack, I don't know if it is fatigue, but I, I do think Saka is playing injured, as you said. Um, But I, it shouldn't be a problem in this game, but Palace do have a good defence, and Arsenal's um, just getting the form uh, table up. I think Palace have actually got more points in the last few games, which is very much boosted by their <laughs> win against Brentford in the last one. But yeah. I think it, I think it is actually true, but I think the last one does boost it up a bit. But again, Arsenal were tipped to be in the title challenge again. You shouldn't be comparing their form at Crystal Palace. Never unless Palace are in the best run of form ever. But it genuinely shouldn't be ever compared. But um, in terms of prediction, I don't think I think it'll be quite an ugly game, but I think Arsenal should get through it. So I'll go with 2-0. But it'll be like 1-0 and then a late late goal whilst Palace are pushing.
1: Yeah, and, and if you look at the teams in and around uh, Palace in terms of goals conceded, uh, bar Everton, everyone else is sort of in the mid mid to high 30s. Um, Palace are still on 29 goals conceded. The the issue for them is the 22 that they've scored. They're not scoring an awful lot of goals. It doesn't help that every time they seem to get all their players back, someone gets injured. So I I do feel sympathy for them. Just If they could get a run of of, of a couple of games where everyone's fit and we get to see a full-strength Palace, I'm sure they'll be performing a lot better than what they're doing this season. In terms of Arsenal... It's a I think it's a come right game for them. It's at home. It's an expectant crowd. Although the twelve thirty kickoff, we know it's a bit difficult to get the crowd going in those games, just because you've just woken up. <laughs> There's not enough time to, to 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 get geared up for a game like that. So it, it will be interesting to see if the the ask the the Emirates is loud and boisterous and, and able to help the team from that perspective. I've been. I'm gonna go conservative and go one 0 Arsenal um, in this one. I'm. I'm still worried about their attack. I think Crystal Palace will make it very difficult for them in this one. Um, but yeah, Arsenal should have enough. And as as, as has been themed for them this season, um, just get the win. It might not be a, a goal fest, but at least they get the win. Um, let's move on to Brentford versus Nottingham Forest. It's the return of Ivan Tony guy
0: oh yeah 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 he's definitely scoring after trick.
1: He? <laughs> well he scored one in in a in a behind closed doors game um I, I don't know against? how much uh, yeah i was about to say i don't know how much weight we we can attribute to that but it, it did happen
0: i genuinely am asking who was it against <laughs> if you know
1: <laughs> I, I can't remember um we can get we can get the guys in the background to to have a look whilst we yeah it's not me typing on the it. microphone. <laughs>
0: uh, Bread, friendly. That can't spell friendly. That doesn't help
1: me. Oh, there it is. Uh, reading Southampton under twenty threes. Ah, oh, fantastic. <laughs> that doesn't help. Uh,
0: right, how about how how much do you rate now? Of course. Um, I mean. I mean, the first question, I suppose, other than the Ivan Tony stuff, do you think the financial thing will affect Forrest? Because we saw it have a a positive impact on well, on the performance of Everton, I should say, <laughs> earlier on in the season. Um, do you think it'll galvanize Forrest? They were less need of galvanizing because that kind of happened with the managerial change, didn't they? I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across
1: sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here,
1: and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. than necessarily the, the points deduction. It would be nice for sort of them to do similar to what Everton did, sort of like an us against the world, and we see them come out fighting, uh, give a spirited performance. But I think, for fortunately for Everton, if I'm not mistaken, their first game back after that uh, points deduction was announced was at home, whereas this one is away yeah. from home. Um, so, obviously, away fans are usually quite boisterous, but uh, it might be a... a a diffi- a slightly different atmosphere in that sense. Um look, Ivan Tony makes a huge difference to 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 Brentford. We've seen them slump really badly in, in the month of December. They they have the worst form in the league at the moment, which is quite impressive considering what Newcastle have been doing recently uh, in the league at least. But Brentford have looked poor. They could not have timed this Ivan Tony, you know, return any better because they need someone like him, especially after Buema goes out injured. Um I think the loss of Rico Henry is quite underrated as well, but Ivan Tony, just to settle the ship again, I, I don't think with him starting um majority of games for the rest of the season that they would be in danger of going down. I just think he, he's got enough in him to, to keep them up at least from a goal scoring perspective. Um, Nottingham Forest, I'm enjoying their football. I'm enjoying the emergence, it seems like, of Morgan Gibbs White, uh in, in the system. Obviously, Chris Wood rolling back the years, um, looking impressive in this system as well. It's it's good to see them playing good football. It's just unfortunate that obviously now this points deduction news has come out. They seem to be heading in the right direction, as you were, you know, asking at the beginning there. We don't we kinda of don't know how it's going to affect them, whether, you know, the players drop their heads or it galvanises them. I'm just... It's hard to back against Ivan Tony on his return game. He's spoken about the fact that he wants to pay back Brentford and, and the fans and the community for backing him. Um, I can see him being desperate to make a statement in this game. I'm going to go 2-0 to Brentford.
0: Score, at-trick. Get 80 mil off Chelsea. That's fair, <laughs> <back. laughs> Never see him again. Um, yeah, it's just Tony's obviously massive, but the parts around him that are gone as well. Yeah, like I've just loaded up the injury thing, and it has the AFCON lads as well. You mentioned Henry and Wemo is injured, but he'd probably be at AFCON anyway. Um, Picky, so both fullbacks are gone. Sharder would be in the attack as well. Gone, uh, Whistler,
1: who was huge. for Wissa,
0: yeah, he is at AFCON. Um, Aya, who Neely back by the sounds of this. Wissa on Yeka, Godos, Norgard. I think Godos has been playing right back for them. So basically, they've got no fullbacks apart from Roverslive. Roverslive, how do you say his name? Um, so it's just, it's such a, it's such a horrid set of injuries, and obviously Afcon, you can't really do anything about. But three, free players that go to Afcon, it would be four if Mbembo was fit. You could, you could probably manage that. Not easily, especially with them being key players. But it just it just seems piling on, and they've not. I'm surprised they've not done something in the transfer window yet, unless I've missed it. I think I saw them linked with some like Turkish FM regen, but I thought like first day or first week of the transfer window, it should have been like loaning. If don't want to buy someone, loaning a left back. Just go to one of the league. go to a Danish league, you love Danish lads, loan with an option to buy, eat that up. Or, I don't know, I think he might be injured, and obviously Newcastle have their own injuries, but um, Matt Target doesn't play for Newcastle at all, just loan him in for for the rest of the season. It's not exactly exciting, but he's very defendable. Or just loan a youngster from one of the big clubs. But it it just seems, I don't know if they're having money problems, or if they're up against the... um, uh what's the what's the new phrase? It's not even FFP. Profit and sustainability crap that got <laughs> everyone in trouble nowadays. I'm not sure if they're up against that.
1: But uh, I think they in terms of left backs, they they've they've had discussions with Tottenham with regards to Sergio Regulon. That could be a decent oh. uh but that would be a loan. Um yeah, yeah. I believe.
0: No, that meant that's a that's well, doing what I said, go to a big club and get <laughs> one of their back at one. No,
1: that makes sense. It's almost like you know what you're talking about, guy.
0: It is. It is. Just call me Mr. Brentford Insider. <laughs> Indie Killer. Um No that make that make a bit of sense. Obviously he doesn't need to move too much. Um I have no idea where he lives, but London to London, just skin on the underground, it's it's not complicated <laughs> when you got to do it's <laughs> not complicated when you've got to do your holding your hand. Um Yeah, but that, I think I'd be an alright signing, maybe maybe not one to keep, but It'll do a job. Um, Forest, again, they have a million people missing through AFCON and injuries, but at least they've got some options back because Chris Wood was out, wasn't he? But I think he's back or he's a con on this list. Origi's not really done anything, so I do not really it. But um, Ty was the big one, but in terms of AFCON, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Zagare, uh, Ian and Neokate, Koyate, Bolly, and o- Oria. Good job they have a million <laughs> players. Good Lord. Um, but I think I've, I'm going to back Forest. I'm going to go against the Tony narrative. The only oh. the powers of football can't do this to me. I'm going to go 2-1 Nottingham Forest.
1: Oh, that's dangerous. That's Trish dangerous. Wood. You've called out Ivan Tony. I have. Um, we'll see how that works out for you. But Let's Trish move Wood on. on. Side. <laughs> Let's move on to Sheffield United versus West Ham. Um, uh, for West Ham I think it's it's similar to Nottingham Forest not necessarily in terms of volume of players going to AFCON but certainly sweating over the injuries of certain players we know Paqueta is one of those that's playing injured at the moment as well speaking of players that play injured throughout the season Jared Bowen's been dealing with an ankle issue um in in, in recent weeks Kudus gone to AFCON that trio Kudus, Bowen, Paqueta seems to be all things good for West Ham when they go forward in attack this season. And if you're missing them, is it Suchek that then has to step up um, as as the person getting the goals for them? I I don't know if he can do that.
0: Corners and vibes. Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Ward-Prowse and vibes, definitely. Uh, For Sheffield United, obviously, we saw the, the old manager, new manager bounce. Um, with them um, bringing in a, a familiar face to, to come and sort of steady the ship for them. I th- think they've been okay. Um, obviously, from a res- purely results perspective, um, you see those two losses in their last two games, the the Luton 2-3 and, and obviously the Man City 2-0 loss. I, I think Man City, you almost just take that. It's Man City away, even if it's at home as a tall order. But the Luton game, I thought they were unlucky not to at least come away with something from that game and, and could have even won it if if the tables had just turned the right way for them in that one. I'm, I'm leaning 1-1. I don't know if West Ham have the firepower to, to run away with this one. And it's going to allow Sheffield United to stay in the game, even if West Ham score early. I think... Sheffield United at home will have the impetus to drive forward and and, and get that goal to to make it a one-one draw.
0: Yeah, it's a strange one because I think if West Ham had at least two of the four fit, yeah, it I'd probably back them. But as you mentioned, they don't even
1: Mikel Antonio guy. Uh,
0: is he back? Oh, yeah, he's in. Nah, no, no,
1: he's injured. No. Who the hell is going to play up front for <laughs> Danny Ings. <laughs> he doesn't like Danny Ings, does he? Well, he's going to have to now. Mbumba or whatever his name is. Yeah. He was good in pre-season.
0: Oh, what? Bowen, 25% chance playing. That's basically 100% in David Moyes <laughs> as well. He's
1: playing. <laughs> Rub some dirt on it. He'll be fine.
0: Does Ben Rahm Ra- Ra- not go off gone.
1: He's he's on the fringes of the team and and and, and he's someone that they're trying to offload this uh, this transfer window. So I don't know how much of a look in he's going to get.
0: So Fornells for Bowen, who will play, he could be dead and he'd play, I reckon. Um, Fornells Bowen, ben Benramah, and the young lad up top. And by that, it'll probably be Suchek as a number ten or mm. Jim Prowse as a ten, off the top of my head. Yeah, no, I think West Ham will win. I they'll get some crappy set piece goal, and uh, Sheffield United have a lot of people missing as well. I know they brought in um, Brereton Diaz as well, so he might help in terms of the attacking. It's just uh, it's hard for them. I mean, even just sheer numbers. I don't think all of these will miss again, but eleven players missing from a squad like Sheffield United is. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think the squad was Premier League ready anyway. But Jesus, that's that's a whole team. <laughs> it's not yeah it's not something manageable. And especially when some of these are seventy five percent on um, premier injury, so they'll probably be alright. But um Bogle, Baldock, Ahmed Hodzic, Trusty, uh Egan, Max Law, Basham, that, that's basically all of their back line. Like they're injured. <laughs> I think mean, they might have like another left back and another right back. I mean, not even LaRouche, he's, he's gone to Afcon, so even like the backup left back's gone. So it's just very, very thin on the ground for them. So I'll back West Ham. I think they'll, I think they'll get some scruffy goal, and I think they'll hold on. I might go for a. <sighs> what do I go for? I'll go 1-0 West Ham. I think it'll be horrendous. I think that'll be horrendous, that game. And I'll watch every minute of it.
1: (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant stuff. Um, Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if that's going to be in contention for game of the season, in my opinion. But nonetheless, it's going to be on the now TNT Sports, formerly BT Sport. And, Guy, you know in the UK you have to constantly keep an eye out on where these games are going to be played unless you're like me and you have liberty shield obviously this podcast is presented by eprindex.com in association with liberty shield liberty shield is a great vpn service it's easy to install really easy to use and has a whole host of features it can be used on multiple devices Whether you're traveling and don't want to be locked out of, let's say, your bank account, or you want to be safe whilst you're using public Wi-Fi, if you want to unlock geo-locked content, or just want to, you know, protect your online data, um, then Liberty Shield, I highly, highly recommend it for you. It's definitely, um, definitely one of my favorite uh, uses of Liberty Shield is just to unlock content on things like Netflix. um, You know, being able to put myself in a different place in the world to unlock the content that wouldn't be available otherwise here in the UK. Um, you can use it for stuff like Netflix, as I've said, um, or unlocking geo locked films. Um, I know Marvel films usually get locked and, and it's, it's quite easy to to unlock those with Liberty shield. Um, we know not all of the EPL games are shown on TV in the UK and Liberty shield is a great way to still watch every single game. Um, I just, use SuperSport the South African um DStv uh, network and with that they show every single Premier League game um so it's quite easy for me to just switch around with Liberty Shield and we thank them for sponsoring our show we also thank um EPL Index shop it's on Etsy if you guys use the coupon code EPL10 you'll get 10% off at checkout for that and then for liberty shield if you use the coupon code epl25 you'll get 25 percent off of either the router or the software vpn right guy we've paid the bills let's pay a few more and we'll be back with our reckless predictions review all right we are back guy we made some predictions some of them have become null and void as i said the transfer window is a cruel cruel mistress Um, But let's run through them, discuss them, and and we'll see if if you're feeling confident to throw another one out there. Now, having had, you know, half the season under your belt, you you kind of have a feel for what teams are doing. Uh, Maybe it's dangerous doing it again in a transfer window, but this seems to have been uh, one of the quieter transfer windows, um, despite what um, Sky Sports will be trying to tell you come deadline day. Uh, Guy, in terms of... Our predictions, Uh, these are obviously some of our fearless, bold predictions of things or scenarios that we thought will happen either by game week 16 or by end of the season. We each got two. In terms of by game week 16, mine were no manager will be fired before game week 16. And lo and behold, a manager got fired the week before this was going to be true. I was... So annoyed. And God disappointed. damn it, Sheffield United. I, I was so, so confident that I was going to see this one through. Um, you had some pushback on this one when I remember when I made it and I, I almost got there.
0: Yeah, that might be <laughs> that might, that might because of some of my predictions. Um, <laughs> no, because manager, they're quite fire happy and we did have a sacking, well, a parting of managers before the season started.
1: So Hey hey. hey.
0: I, I know it didn't count in this, hey, but I hey, thought hey, it, hey. I thought someone would get someone should have got fired at that time. Um Yeah.
1: Yeah the Premier League's yeah. usually quite hot on the trigger yeah. with that. I I just had a feeling people were gonna wait, let it settle. But that's the thing, there wasn't even that apart from um Heckingbon, there wasn't Many rumors was there about seconds I mean, moise had had a, a sketchy time period. Pochettino had a sketchy time period. But these were all just, I think, frustration from results, not necessarily. Yeah. Okay, the team is seriously going to get rid of this person. And as, as I always say, it's not so much about who you're firing; it's who's available. Who can you go and get? Um, well, so that's yeah, the thing like Steve, the Steve Cooper stuff. Was kind
0: of in the background since last season, wasn't it? But yeah, it didn't really fire up loads till
1: it was time.
0: Well, till after um, Heckenbottom was sacked, was it? That's when it seemed to heal more so. Yeah,
1: um,
0: yeah, and even now, like, there's no company rumours, there's no, um, there was something about Roy Hodgson, the other. Week wasn't it but it, that was more for end of the season rather than right now so maybe out something out of the blue but like there's not been
1: loads of pressure on managers this season is there not at all guy my second one another one that was very close to to coming true uh i said liverpool would be top of the league by but will end up finishing outside the top two Now, Liverpool were hovering in that first place, and it just so happened that Arsenal, by game week 16, ended up being the one on top. Uh, Again, I was a week away um, from that prediction coming true, and it, it, it was very frustrating for me.
0: Yeah, you just need to, if you put Arsenal in there, you would be Bob on there, I reckon. <laughs> so, it's,
1: it's that finishing outside of top yeah. two one that I'm, I'm, I'm quite hesitant about. Liverpool do look like the most likely team to keep up with Bonny. Man City, um, but we will see. We will see. All right, yeah. let's move on to your predictions. You had Haaland isn't the top goal scorer by game week 16. Now, yeah, how do you feel about that? I should
0: have said G plus A from (laughs) this. He doesn't do assists, he just does goals. He probably hadn't played for like four weeks at this point. I mean, Salah pushed him. Salah pushed him quite
1: close. So did Dominic Solanke and uh, Homing Song, but.
0: Yeah. He's just a freak, isn't
1: he? He is an absolute robot.
0: Like, yeah, I'm never going to doubt it again, but maybe. If everyone else just counted assists and goals, then yeah. But no, he just...
1: It takes just, an injury to yeah. slow him down.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. What I think he's still, like, joint first now, isn't he? Um, yeah,
1: he is with Salah.
0: Yeah, uh, Premier League da, 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 top scorers. Technically on top, Salah. Should have extended <laughs> it to 20. Um, but yeah, he's still second. I think he's got a two-goal two gap on third and fourth. Yeah. He's just, uh, Jesus, can he stay injured? <laughs> um, right. No, I think in terms of performances and stuff, I think he has dropped off a bit from last season.
1: Yeah,
0: and I know he's been missing for a good few, like probably a month and a bit now. Um, but he, even when he wasn't playing, maybe he wasn't as impactful, but he was just still getting sheer numbers, and that—that's that, why he's not a human being; he's a cyborg.
1: Definitely, definitely. All right, your other one was obviously a pushback to my prediction of no manager will be fired before Game Week 16, because you said Moyes would be sacked by Game Week 16, but lo and yeah. behold, he somehow found some form. Uh, it was starting to get a bit hairy for him, but he, he found some form and, and he's still he's still there. Yeah, and as you mentioned in the
0: intro, we did these before the transfer window and it was that stage where it was like, there was infighting the director of football, I think he's technical director, actually technical director doesn't want James Ward-Prowse, he wants some randomer from the Bundesliga. Well, wants Ward-Prowse and say, well, the one of them will get something wrong and then it won't happen. And then they ended up getting Edson Alvarez, Mavroponis, Ward-Prowse, and they've all basically worked quite good. Kudus well as well. Kudus is, I think he was quite late in the window, wasn't yeah. if I remember correctly, and he's just been a phenomenon when he's been, when he's been fit when he finally settled into the side, I should I should say as well. Um, no, I I think that was very premature that one. I think this might be his last year at West Ham because I think this is his last, literally his last year of his contract, and they may want a refresh. But he's he's done another smashing year after the troubles of last year, and considering. He's not really doing it in a Moyes way, because I think, as we mentioned when we were going through that game, Antonio's been injured for quite a while, and he is what you'd expect. for. So for Moyes to go with Bowen up top, and then he rotates with Kudus and um, uh, Piquetta at times, it he has developed quite nicely tactically this year. It might be more out of necessity more than anything, but it, it, it's working. I mean, where are they in the league? They are... Standing, They're sixth. They would have snapped your hand off for that. And yeah. They've got a game in hand on Tottenham, so there could be three points behind Tottenham um, after the weekend. They're above Man United, they're above Chelsea, they're above Brighton, they're above Newcastle. Like, the only other team they should be arguably competing with that are above them is Aston Villa, and Aston Villa have had a fantastic, well, Times in memory when in there. So you can't really judge him for that. So he's doing as best as he could.
1: Yep, I agree with you there. All right. Now, we also had predictions by the end of the season. I said that Wolves would be relegated. I didn't have faith in Gary O'Neill being able to galvanize this team. And boy, has he been proving me wrong. Three wins on the bounce as well. Just just in time for this podcast. He did it on purpose. <laughs> um, but they've they've looked good under him. I've been very impressed with, obviously, the likes of Pedro Neto. It was unfortunate when he got injured. They would be a lot higher up the league, in my opinion. If if not for that injury, um, Kunya stepped up. Um, obviously, they've got you know a, a, a whole bunch of, sort of players. Outside. Yeah, Wang Wang's been good. Wang Um He's away at the moment, obviously um, for for the Asia Cup. So we'll see how much that impacts their team. And obviously, we're going to be discussing them a bit later on, but. Um, yeah, I think that one's not going to come come right for me. And then obviously my second one has become null and void because as I said, the transfer window is a cruel, cruel mistress. I said Kane would win the golden boot at Spurs. And you know what, guy? With the way Spurs are playing, how attacking they've been playing, they're even getting Richarlison scoring goals. Kane would have smashed the goal scoring uh, race this season. I think he would have done erling Haaland, i think kane would have won it obviously you know there's no way to prove that now that he's Mm. out of the premier league but i just think the style of play from spurs they create a lot of chances kane would have thrived in in that system if he did stay they could be top of the league you know yeah
0: you think of the chances like richarlison was awful till recently Brennan Johnson's not been the best. But to be fair, maybe if they got if they didn't sell Kane,
1: do you get a Van der Ven and a Johnson Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. So yeah. you'd have
0: what Ben Davies and Romero back there all season, but, they, but it but But if they even if they just got like Van der Ven and say Madison and found money elsewhere,
1: yeah,
0: they could have genuinely been title contenders. You know, without Europe, I think if they had the European contender. Issue it would
1: have um, affected the squad. The yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: But that's right.
0: Now, now he's second place in the Bundesliga. <laughs> Get that <our laughs> shared.
1: the there. Harry Kane effect. Yeah. Uh, shame. Hopefully, he he wins the title there. Uh, let's move on to your predictions. You had Luton staying up. Guy, with that Woo! small pitch, with that small pitch, <laughs> they're doing it at the moment. As things stand, if the league were to end. And I'm taking into account the potential points deductions for Nottingham Forest and Everton. Luton are in the mix to stay up, guy. He's sixteenth? Easy work. Well <laughs> it takes us 30 points, taking off two of the two. Um To be fair, they are the, the best of the promoted teams.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think I think if you when you've watched them, I can't recall them getting hammered. Mm. Um, and you watch them the competitive in every game that Drew with Liverpool obviously um, should have drew well, should have beaten Arsenal probably gave City, City a run yeah. yeah
1: 2-1 loss to I think it's only Chelsea that's done really well against them weirdly <laughs> but that was 3-2 as well so Yeah, were in it first,
0: yeah I think the first game of the I was like ah oh, I see what yeah, you mean yeah I don't know why that popped in the mind more than the recent one but no I think Luton like even if we discard the points deductions, I mean, they're only four points behind Brentford. I know Brentford have a million injuries, but uh, three points behind Brentford, I should say, four points behind Forrest, who who could get a points deduction. So, to behind Forrest, who, again, spent spend a lot of money, had a settled side coming into this season, but then changed that on deadline day, signing a million players. Um, and Brentford, who, again, injuries is the main issue there down there, but They've done better than anyone could have given them credit for. And again, if we were to change them, I think I think Luton could stay up. They just seem to like even the weekend against um, Burnley. Like it wasn't a great game, and the goal. It's probably a foul, but at the same time, really, I was going to swear that really bad <laughs> goalkeeping. Um, but it's probably a foul in terms of what other goalkeepers have got foul for putting. Trapped against Luton was awful. Like in that in that regard, in that instance, I should say. Um, But they're always in games. Whereas you look at Sheffield United and Burnley, when they lose, they lose. Like Luton will pick up point, like odd draws when they should be losing, etc. Just by hanging in in games, and that's what I think teams like that need, where they haven't overly splurged, they haven't gone and bought Premier League. well established, like they've got Premier League experience in there in terms of like Townsend and Barkley, but they haven't just gone and bought lads who were playing mid-table every week. Um, I don't think any of the promoted teams done that. That's probably why they're the bottom three currently. But it, no, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they go down. It wouldn't surprise me if they stay up, and I'd be quite,
1: I'm quite happy with that prediction where it is at the minute. Yeah, it's looking a good one at the moment. Uh, your other one, not so much. West Ham would be relegated. You really had a thing with Moyes. They had no was getting players. sacked game week 16. West Ham getting relegated by the end of the season. What have you got against West Ham? They literally had like four players.
0: <laughs> like Thomas yeah. Suchek was a corpse last season, and now he's good again. It, it, uh,
1: had just lost Declan Rice as well. It, it wasn't shaping up to be a good season
0: for them. Their midfield coming into the in, season was Flynn Downs and Thomas Suchek. <laughs>
1: All right, all right. But yeah, so that's where they sit. Um, I guess for me, the only one that's. I don't have any end of season one in play. The Wolves relegated one, I don't think it's going to come to fruition. The Kane as one always, obviously. To I mean, true, right? true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I guess it's that Liverpool one of uh, they'll be top of the league by game week sixteen, and we'll end up finishing outside the top two. So that's my one that's still potentially there, although Liverpool weren't top. So yeah, I've I've, I've lucked out, guy. Um, you've got the Luton one. I think West Ham are safe. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how yeah, you
0: need, do at the end
1: of the season. I need
0: some January exploding and put him in, Bob. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> Yeah. All right, let, let's move on to the last two games of the weekend. We've got Bournemouth versus Liverpool. It, could you count this as as a winter break for Liverpool? I mean, ten days between games. <laughs> Everyone else seems to be getting a lot more, but I guess that's the price of success. Being in the Carabao Cup, uh, you, you're gonna you you're not gonna get too much of a winter break. Uh, certainly not in the Premier League. Coming up against the Bournemouth side with obviously a Boyd. Dominic Solanke who's in really good form at the moment but they they struggled a bit against Tottenham um I think the, the the energy of Tottenham the attacking presence of Tottenham we could see maybe not obviously stylistically the same but a similar type of um type of onslaught so to speak from Liverpool from an attacking standpoint Bon Maton have Tennessee in this one. He's going to be suspended. Can can you see them keeping Liverpool out, or, or is there a, a a way that you see them coming out of this game with with something?
0: Um, I think it, Liverpool's midfield's quite barebone, so I could certainly see it. It's just they're missing like. You mentioned Sanisi there. He's obviously been, I think he was their player of the month um, for December. Um, but it's not just that. I mean, missing Sanisi, missing uh, Lloyd Kelly, who'd probably be his first backup, missing Kirkes, who would play left back and allow someone else to play centre-back. uwatara um, has been the left back, if I, if I remember correctly. And Semenyo's probably been there. Um, second-best with after Solanke. So they are missing a lot, and I think they obviously had the uh, FA Cup game, and I think they were taught... I can't remember what league team it was. They were struggling against the lower league side. Um, I think it was QPR. That rings a bell. Um, So they still have that level of performance and togetherness, I think, it's probably the right way of putting it, but it's... It's it's tough, it's bare bones now, as you look at Liverpool in terms of injuries. Matip's done for the season, Biceh doesn't exist anymore, Thiago doesn't exist. Simakas, uh, Robble was pitched in training, but might be too early. Hopefully he's back. Trent's done for a, a few weeks, uh, maybe a month and a bit, which is huge. And Subboslai has a chance, but it might be too early. And obviously missing Endo and Salah as well. It's... It's strange, because I think every other position I'm quite happy with. Obviously, I'd love Salah there. Um, Mid uh, Defence, I'm all right with. I think Br- Bradley short enough in the two the last two games. He- he's fine. Gomez has been really good at full-back, whether it's left-back or right-back. And Canate and Van Dijk, I think that's the best in the league, um, certainly on form. Um, it's, it's in general as well, let's be honest. Let's not show sure it. They are better. Um Baltimore for definitely scoring three goals in this game. now I've said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just the midfield. You look McAllister as a six. I think Endo was doing so well there, but McAllister's fine. Gravenberg's not working, is it? Um, so hopefully he has a big preseason next summer. Elliot probably plays there. Uh, Curtis Jones has been fantastic, I should say, as I remember he exists. But I think it's just. If Liverpool's midfield clicks, I think they they should win quite comfortably. If it doesn't, I think it might be one of those dogged, horrid games we've seen quite a few of this season by Liverpool, where they'll be 1-0 down at half-time and then just win 2-1, which seems to be the way this season. Um, but Bournemouth for a good side. I think they're just missing quite a lot of players, so we will back Liverpool. Um, I mean, I said 2-1. I'll, mix, I'll say 3-2 Liverpool. Ooh, Even though I said that... Liverpool's defence is really good. But, okay. Anyway, uh, I'll go 3-2
1: Liverpool and whatever. That yeah. would be an exciting game. I've got 2-1 to Liverpool. I think this is a game that will Liverpool need to show themselves that they have a squad that can keep up with Man City this season. You've listed all the players that won't be available for Liverpool, but they still have good players there they still have players like Darwin Nunes who is one of the better creators in the Liverpool team you know I think he's fourth on the list behind Salah, Trent and Sabozlai he needs to step up how many times does he have chances and he doesn't convert them now there's 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 no excuse if if him and Jota aren't firing um it, it might be a long afternoon for Liverpool so maybe this might be a game that suits Darwin Nunes where it will be similar to his Benfica days where he's the main man. He's the one that has to come up with the goods. Um, he does, doesn't have the sellers, et cetera, to, to rely on. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've gone 2-1. I think Liverpool will have enough. I think it's going to be a big game from Alisson. I think he's back to being the best in the world again. Um, Van Dijk again, back to being the best in the world. Those two are going to be really pivotal in this game. Just, just to hold Bournemouth within range for Liverpool to go and get that 2-1 win, um, and, yeah. and and sort of continue their their march to to try and get a title or at least challenge City and and keep it competitive, especially for the neutrals. Let's move on to Brighton versus Wolves, the last game of this game week. Um, you know Wolves are playing now against Brentford in the FA Cup, and obviously, in in terms of teams, I don't think Ivan Tony is 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 playing in that one. Um, I
0: think he's technically still suspended now.
1: Ah, oh, I see. I see. That's why he's not in there. But looking at um, looking at that Wolves side, they've, they've got three at the back in this game. they got most of their starters, probably all the starters that they could start at the moment. Lamina's on the bench. Maybe he's, he would start uh, in the league game this weekend. Pedro Neto, obviously, on the bench. He's just come back from injury. But other than that, everyone else, it's quite a strong side from wolves does that play into you know your predictions for for this weekend in, in in that game against brighton who obviously probably have been um you know the fresher legs they've got the whole you know lo- a longer time to to prepare for for this game a brighton side who have been hit and miss this season i think guy is 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 fair to say about them Um, I think one of those squads that has suffered from getting into Europe, obviously it's it's a first world problem in that everyone wants to get into Europe, but then, um, you know, sometimes you don't have the squad to, to, to manage both that and still be as competitive as you were in the league. Um, You know, I say that they're in eighth, but I think they would have wanted to be, and and considering how teams are playing the season, they would have been hoping to be slightly higher up the table uh, I wanna back Wolves in this one. I know they're the way team. I know they've got the FA Cup game, but I'm just gonna ride the hot hand here, guy. I'm gonna go two one to to Wolves. I see West Ham are losing to Bristol City. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's get that train
0: going. <laughs> get, mm-hmm. get game. Um uh, It it's a weird one, isn't it? I think mean, Brighton's such an unpredictable because I think mean, you mentioned the European question mark and some team, some managers will not rotate enough. We mentioned it with Arteta earlier on. Uh, some managers find the middle ground. I think City and Liverpool kind of found that in the in the previous years. Whereas Deserbi's gone the other way. He will not play the same team two games in a row. And I think that's probably where the inconsistencies come from. Obviously, they've had a lot of injuries. I mean. Some players just are injury-prone, like your lampties and, and and stuff like that. But even when like a stupid man who played every game for them gets injured, um, it's a real pain in the, uh, the butt. Um, but you look at them recently, and I think they are trying to find consistency with, with some players. I mean, like, Jal Pedro's been on fire recently. Um, I mean, 0-0 with West Ham's not bad. Beating Tottenham's good. Draw with Palace... It's their derby, away at Selhurst, pretty good. So, there, apart from the Burnley game in the last five in the league, it's not many bad results. I mean, the Arsenal game wasn't great because they were kind of outclassed a bit, if I remember correctly. But um, they're doing fine. I think they just need, especially whilst there is no European games, I think we've got another month or so till that kicks off again. Um, just just play your Jal Pedro build the attack around him. I know Matoma's injured and got called up to the Asia Cup for some reason. Um, but, Pedro, Welbeck, um, random <laughs> regen, <I'm making. laughs> one uh, I'm probably missing people. I know they're missing like Solly March and stuff like that, but, yeah, just try and get the solid base that you can in defence. I know they've Struggles there all season. Basically, I don't don't think they kept a clean sheet till recently, did they? Yeah, um, very recent. No. Yeah, man. yeah. Which isn't which isn't great, but if you get Dunk there consistently, you're stupid. And there consistently, Veltman's not had the best season, but get him there, and then whichever cent- other centre back you want with um, Dunk, it's probably Van Hecke this season. Um, make that solid back line. Pick a goalkeeper. Stick with him because. Who the hell rotates goalkeepers? <laughs> Weirdo. Um, but uh, midfield's fine. Just find some consistency in attack and find some consistency in defence, and they'll they'll probably climb up because let's be honest. I mean, if they win, they go above United, so they'll be back in the relegation zone. And what's the goal difference? Would they go? Above? They'd go above West Ham as well if West Ham were to lose. Um, so they could not be in, arguably in seventh or could be in sixth. But uh, I'll back brighton being at home, I like some of the players. I think Wolves don't get the break, as you mentioned, and a couple injuries here and there. Um, Huang, obviously, missing. Got to be careful with Neto as well, because if he gets injured, it's very much bare bones in the front three. So I think Kaladzic has gone on loan. Fabio Silva's gone on loan. So they are very light up there at the minute um but i'll, I'll back Brighton and i'll go um, three one Brighton,
1: three one to Brighton. that would be a fun way to end this game week guy but we have reached the end of this podcast uh that's going to do it for another episode of a tad predictable do you have anything you want to plug put over promote before we wrap up I will be
0: with Dave on Friday's show, um, and then in Liverpool side of things, I think the next podcast I'll probably be on is the League Cup second leg next midweek, I'm not sure which day it is exactly, but
1: I'll be on the post-match for that hosting as usual. Interesting stuff there, guys, definitely do check that out. Obviously, from my end, go and check out the EPR Index website, there's... Match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, all of the news you guys could wish for, especially during these transfer news. Um, These transfer windows, there's all the transfer news you guys could wish for. Of course, as Guy has alluded to there, there's the daily podcast show, the Two Footer podcast with Dave Hendrick. Also go check out um, the EPL Roundtable with Kev DeVries. He sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. Go and follow this show on the Twitter page at Atad Predictable. Go and follow at EPR Index. Subscribe to EPR Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. Give us five stars. Write past your comments. That's, um, that good stuff really does help us out. Uh, yesterday, I was on the Loyalists pod. Um, they wanted to interview me, and, and obviously, I gave some predictions on there as well. So, lovely bunch of guys. Go check out their podcast there at the loyalist pod on twitter um i've been to do chinakira you can find me on my twitter handle at tad Predicts. huge thank you to obi Semenya. he's at john empire sa and jody McKenna, she's at spursy 141 for our guest intros our producer behind the glass but he was in front of the mic today mr guy drinkle he's at guy drinkle and remember Chissinga perry not sure Network.